Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the U.S. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. On today's podcast, we have a very special guest who's going to show us exactly how you can spy on competitor and competitor research. Are you overwhelmed with the amount of work you need to do to market your business? Do you need help? Get unlimited, personalized online marketing support 24-7 from us. Join Digital Traffic Institute now and get our special podcast listener bonuses by heading to digitaltrafficinstitute.com forward slash special. Hey everybody, welcome to podcast number 110. My name is Andrew McCauley and we have a very special guest on today's podcast. More on that in just a minute. Of course, Heather Porter joins me. Hello, H. Hi, Andrew. Hello, everybody. We are so excited to bring you this guest. Oh, my goodness. We've used this little piece of uh, software in our business for a couple years. And as Andrew said, it's all about using other people's information to grow your business. Woohoo! Yeah, there's lots of tools out there. Um, there's many, many different tools you can use. But this one, we particularly like. We've road tested a number of them. And we've been using this one, Heather, I think for nearly three years now. And uh, it certainly gives us a lot of information. In fact, I'm going to say that we probably only use it around about 10% of its capacity, and yet we still love it. We still want to use it all the time because just that 10% is giving us some really, really valuable information. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to try and see if we can work out how we can even use it even more effectively um, from our special guest on today's call. Uh, like always, guys, we handpick these guests because it's kind of also a selfish thing for ourselves. We want we want to ask them questions for our business, and you just get to be a fly on the wall and uh, hang out with us. And because I want to get stuck in, and because we have so much to talk about, Andrew, we're just going to not talk about what we learned over the last week, are we? Oh, we're going to talk about this episode because this is what I'm going to learn in this episode. It's going to be fun. Exactly. <laughs> cool. So who do we have? Who do All we have? right. So our very special guest is Joe Putnam. He's the Director of Marketing at Ispionage. He has seven years of digital marketing experience and has worked on projects ranging from increasing SEO traffic 500% for a nonprofit organization, all the way to boosting conversions up to 272% for startups. Hey, Joe, welcome to our call. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on, and I really appreciate the unexpected endorsement. It's great to be on the call. <laughs> Joe, it's uh, it's great to have you on. And as Heather said, we don't have a lot of uh, guests on our show for regular listeners. They know that it's usually just me and Heather talking backwards and forwards. But um, it's 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 great to have somebody else on because um, it just gives us a bit of a different angle and also gives us some expertise that we've been able to tap into without having to uh, read a lot of stuff beforehand. So uh, we're really looking forward to digging in and... Um, and finding out about what Ispionage does, but more importantly about you and your journey too. So just give us a quick rundown about yourself and how did you get this role? Sure. Um, well, it's a little bit of a long story, but um, basically um, at some point I started really getting into digital marketing and um, I started writing about it, blogging about it. And um, I emailed a guy named Neil Patel. I don't know if you guys have heard of him before. Sure. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. So I just, out of the blue, I emailed him and asked him to check out an article I wrote. He said he liked it. 
Um, he asked if I would be interested in becoming a paid writer for um, one of the companies he owns, Kissmetrics. And so I started doing that and then just kind of started going down this path um, until eventually I was hired to work at Espionage. And um, that's, the, that's the, the short version of, of kind of how I got to where I am today. Give us a quick rundown for those listeners that haven't heard of Espionage um, before. Just give us a quick overview and then we can dig into it a little bit later because um, we've got a couple of couple of questions we want to lead in before that, but just give us an overview of what does the tool do? Sure. Um, yeah. So the kind of the technical term for it is um, we offer competitive intelligence. Um, a little bit more specifically, most of our intelligence is based around um, PPC and SEO. Um, and we have a focus on PPC where some of the similar tools, they, they emphasize SEO uh, but we really want to be the best competitive intelligence tool for PPC that's available. And um, so what that means for everybody listening is uh, we compile keyword data. So what keywords each advertisers are bidding on. Uh, we compile budget estimates and click estimates. Um, and we also um, have a database full of all of the ad copy that different uh, advertisers are using. Um, and then even one thing we started doing recently, which is brand new, and as far as I know, nobody else is doing, um, we're also saving screenshots of the landing pages that different advertisers are using. Um, so essentially, by signing up for the tool, you get access to your competitors' keywords, both PPC and SEO. Um, you get access to their ad copy variations, um, and you also can see, you know, um, screenshots of the landing pages and, and what their their conversion strategy looks like. Yeah, we we just noticed that too recently, and we were like, whoa, whoa, get excited. We were like kids in a candy shop <laughs> when, we, we when we saw that. But so, so for those that um, have never done anything like this, it's um, of course it's all highly legal. You're not you're not doing anything illegal, but what you're doing is giving insights into what competitors are spending money on when they run ads. Uh, is it predominantly on AdWords or is it on all pay platforms? Yeah, we have data on um, AdWords, Bing, and Yahoo. Um, so not all paid platforms, but we do cover the, the major search engines. Yeah, and so you cover you cover what um, what keywords that they are spending money on so that when somebody does a search on Google, that keyword is going to initiate an ad that's popping up, right? Correct. Yeah, cool. Okay, so speaking of AdWords and keywords, um, Heather, you've got a couple of questions you want to ask Joe about. Um, keywords. Yeah, I do actually. I, I'd like to just quickly talk about SEO because you were saying uh, that your tool also helps with SEO and looking at keyword phrases that different companies are using. There's so much conversation around SEO and literally just earlier, Andrew and I got an email from one of our clients and he was saying, you know, I, I keep getting emailed from my contact form on my website and people are like, you need to rank higher and get SEO. <laughs> you know, all the spam stuff that goes on. <laughs> but, but let's like really break it down for a business owner that has a website that's looking for more traffic, that's heard about this SEO thing. What, do, what does a business owner need to concentrate on for both on-site, what do they need to do on their website, and then off-site for SEO? Sure. Yeah, those are great questions. Um, and actually, it's funny that you mentioned the uh, kind of spam comments because every business I've been at, we always get those kind of inquiries and, and most people don't know how to respond. But yep. anyway, I, I trash pretty much all of them. <laughs> yep, as we um, should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I would, I would just uh, say when it comes to SEO, there's some very basic stuff you want to do on your site. 
Um, and it, it, it's, you know, if you know anything about SEO, it's very obvious. Um, if you don't know anything about SEO, then it, it you know, seems like um, kind of a magic trick. And um, actually, I've, I've, I've been talking to a startup, a really cool startup um, in the, uh, from, based in Boston. And um, anyway, I don't want to say the name of the startup now, but um, the ranking actually for, for several terms um, that are really important for their business um, but they're they're ranking in like the third position and fifth position, and their on-site optimization they actually haven't done hardly anything um, with on-site optimization, and they're they're ranking well already. Um, anyway, so to me that was really interesting to realize like wow, if we just do some of this on-site stuff, then they should be able to jump from the third position to the fifth position to maybe the first position or second position. Um, anyway, so that just kind of goes to show how important it is to to do your on-site optimization. Um, and so what does that look like? I don't know. Uh, maybe the basic things are your title tags for your site, uh, making sure those are optimized with the right keywords you want to target. Um, and this example that I'm talking about, they're ranking for very good terms, but the the title for their homepage, which is ranking for the terms, all it includes is um, the company name instead of you know putting keywords in the title and then at the end of it also including the company name. So big opportunity there. Um, the meta description, um, you know, Google's going to look at that and see um, if there are any keywords there. And then also uh, the URL is something else that Google looks at and kind of those are some of the things that they're paying attention to uh, as long as the formula hasn't changed overnight, which it could have ha- could have done. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, but then the other thing is um, on the page itself, making sure you're using the keywords. Um, and, and again, that seems obvious, but I've worked on SEO projects. Actually, the nonprofit I helped to increase traffic 500%. Um, they were targeting a very obscure phrase for their business because that's just kind of what they liked. It was a little bit on the formal side. Um, whereas when people actually search, they search for something a lot more common, you know, kind of just a common phrase. Um, anyway, so they were making the mistake of, of optimizing for a technical term and people were searching for a non-technical term. Um, anyway, so that's where kind of the on-site optimization comes in place and you want to make sure you check all those boxes so you give yourself the best chance to rank. That's a good good point you bring up. Uh, we get a lot of people saying, well, we've got some industry jargon and, and we want to rank for industry jargon. Well, that's all fine if industry people are looking for you, but if you've sure. got if you've got common, you know, the common the common person sort of looking for it but they don't know what that industry jargon is, then there's really no point putting that jargon in there, is there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and just to give you the, the specific example I'm referring to, um, the nonprofit was optimizing, well, kind of unintentionally optimizing for free Christian literature. So mm-hmm. that's what they had in the title tag for their website. Um, but as you can imagine, um, X thousand more people search for free Christian books than free Christian literature. Yeah. Um, anyway, so overnight they went from not, from, well, from ranking for free Christian literature, which no, no one is searching for, to ranking for free Christian books. Um, so that's an example where one word could make a very big difference. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, on still on the on-site topic, how important is blogging and adding ongoing content to your website? Sure. Yeah, and I would preface this by saying I'm, I'm by no means an SEO expert. Um, sure. I think I have had some success with SEO, so um, maybe a little bit qualified to talk about it. <laughs> Um, but the project that I have been successful for, the one that uh, Andrew mentioned earlier, increasing traffic 500%, and actually I think it's gone up since then, um, had to do with um, 
um, creating content. So one way to look at it is let's say your website is, you know, includes 10 pages, which is maybe, you know, the average website's maybe somewhere between five and 10 pages. That means you have five to 10 pages that can rank in Google for some keyword or another. Um, but like you mentioned, if you create blog content and you target that blog content towards phrases that people are searching for, every single blog post you publish becomes a new page that can rank in Google. Um, anyway, so this example of the traffic increasing 500%, it was, you know, we started out at about 2,000 organic visitors a month and went to 10,000 organic visitors. And I think um, it may have even doubled since then. I haven't had visibility for a while. Um, was just every week publishing a new blog post over a two-year period. And wow. just that that additional content meant more opportunities to rank. The posts were targeted. It's long form. Um, so I would say um, as, a, as a not super, super qualified expert, I would say creating blog posts is one of the most important things, if not the most important thing for generating more SEO traffic. That's definitely how we feel. And I think you just said it in such a cool way as well. It's like just think about the common sense about it. You have a five-page website. What's better, five pages with five keyword phrases or a hundred pages with each right. different keyword phrases? Right. <laughs> you know? And, what, yeah. Yep. Well, I was just going to say, for most businesses, the only way you're going to get from five to a hundred is writing blog posts versus creating individual pages. Well said. Can we talk a little bit about offsite before we move on to ads? <laughs> so a little bit about offsite. So could do you know any strategies what somebody could do off their website to help with their SEO? Actually, that's where um, my expertise stops. I, I haven't done much with offsite. I've had success with just creating content and getting it shared socially, and then that brilliant um, working. But I, I don't have much any any special tips for getting links and things like that. I'm so glad you said that. You know why, Andrew? Because the the whole SEO thing that we always talk about is basically just you know optimize your website and write, write on it, get blogs mm-hmm. out there, use a plugin like WordPress, you know SEO by Yoast, put all the keywords in the right places, and you'll see some results. Um, I, I'm glad you said that because look at the results you've gotten <laughs> just by focusing on on-site. You don't have to go crazy with this if you're you know don't have a huge resource team or budget behind you. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Hey Joel, I wanna I wanna flick over to ads then. If you've um instead of doing SEO, let's talk about ads. What sort of ads um do you would you com, would you consider to be the best to either get leads or sales? Or actually, let's go let's go with leads. What sort of ads um have you seen work well that get the most leads? I sort of want to know. And do you mean ad platforms or, or well, what kind sort of Well, sort of ads? ads, like when you when we say ads, um, you know, is it is it ads that are um, visual imagery ads? Are they just text ads? Um, are they banner ads, sort of thing? Have you have you do you do you keep a track of that sort of thing? Um, I don't know that I have actually really good data uh, on lead generation. Um, I would say that I like different ad platforms for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it really depends on the project, what you would want to do. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure if I have too much to add about that. Okay. What about what, – oh, go, go on, H. I was going to say I want to know more about that last comment he made. I have I like different platforms for different reasons. I'd like yeah. to know a little bit more about that. Which platforms for what reasons? Sure. Yeah, so two examples would be – would be, um, Maybe AdWords versus Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are very pro AdWords, and some people are very very pro Facebook, and they don't like one or the other. 
Um, but to me, you know, it depends on the the project, and that's going to go for any ad platform. You know, I don't I don't have anything against Pinterest ads or Instagram ads. I think it just depends on what you're trying to accomplish and and what the the specs are for the project. Mm-hmm. But so as an example, AdWords is very good for businesses where people are actively searching for what you have to offer. Um, so let's say you're a plumber and um, you know people don't need know they need a plumber until they need one. And then as soon as a pipe bursts, they're going to type into Google plumber, my city name search. Um, so that's, you know, that's a time when you want to show up at the very top of the results. And, and one way to do that is to pay for the ad and, you know, um, be, be, uh, visible on on AdWords so you can generate those leads. So that's an example where AdWords makes a lot of sense, but that's just a simple example. Obviously, you just kind of carry it over and consider other situations where are people actively searching for what you have. But there are certain products where, you know, maybe you're a new business, maybe you're you're a um you know, you're selling hats or something and people don't know that your hats are available, they don't know that your brand exists. Um, so Facebook is great for generating awareness around products that people are not, you know, specifically searching for to solve a problem for. Anyway, so Facebook, you know, maybe like a local clothing store, um, a clothing line of some sort. Um, anyway, any type of product where people aren't actively searching for them. But if you target them demographically, you know that women in this age group with this, you know, certain demographic information is more likely to to buy your product. Um, anyway, that's where Facebook um, definitely is is much stronger than AdWords. If you're um, if you're talking about Facebook versus um, AdWords, um, can I throw another one in the mix? And I know you've written a post on this recently, and that's Twitter ads. How do you find those? Are you finding they're as effective as as Facebook or uh, or AdWords, or or do you think they're just another another platform and maybe try it to see if that fits for your business model? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it depends on the business model and the type of thing you're trying to do. Um, there are some things I really like about the Twitter ads. Um, the click-through rate was a lot lower than the the other ads, uh, a lot of other ads that I've done. Um, but they we got really really good impressions on the ads, um, and you're able to create a really nice Twitter card ad. Um, I forget the dimensions, but it's a you know fairly large image that you get to add, add to your ad which means if even if someone doesn't click or someone doesn't you know whatever become a lead directly from the ad you're still getting that impression and they're seeing some type of message about your business um, and the cost per click was pretty low compared to some of the stuff that for example we've done on AdWords um, so I don't have like a lot of information yet to say like you know it, it performs a certain way and I love it for for you know x y or z reason hmm. uh, but there were some things i really liked about it because i mean i love that really strong brand impression i love the fact that we were getting a lot of impressions and i love the fact that the cost per click was lower because that's always a good thing so um yeah. there's definitely stuff i like about it yeah well, where do you where do you see the whole ad platform not just twitter but ads in general i mean we're seeing Instagram have got ads, Pinterest have got ads, although they've started to change their, their theory on ads, it looks like. Um, where do you see this all heading in the next you know, next 12 months? Um, I'm not sure where I see it heading. Um, but I, I think any anyone who's thinking about it, um, I personally think it makes a lot of sense to 
test all of them. Actually, I'm working on a project now um, with a vacation home company um, in Anaheim, California. They have these gorgeous vacation homes uh, that they rent out close to Disneyland. Um, the company's called 12 Springs. Their website's 12springs.com. And um, anyway, we're testing a lot of different platforms because we don't know quite yet what works for vacation homes. Mm. Uh, but by spending a little bit on each, you know, we're going to know which platform, um, you know, has has uh, the mo- the longest time on site and the most page views and and you know results in the most bookings and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I don't know that I have like a prediction, but I personally think that. There's a lot of awesome ad platforms out there, and some of them make more sense for certain businesses than others. So either you want to, for the you know, indefinitely spend a little bit on each and, and you know get a benefit for different reasons, or find the one that works for you and then double down on that. Um, you're seeing a big increase, obviously, in mobile ads as well. Yeah, definitely mobile traffic. Um, yeah, for sure, there's an increase there. Is there a difference, like if I were to do an ad campaign and I wanted to um, target both desktop and mobile, is there a, like a different, should I be doing different things for each of those devices? Um, I'm not sure. That's a very interesting question. <laughs> I personally don't do different things. So now you have me thinking about whether or not uh-huh. I'm making a mistake and need to double check and see if there's a reason to do different ads. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I look I cuz I I go in and do Facebook ads in the ads manager and then there's always the option to turn on and off mobile and then target sure. devices that are attached to Wi-Fi and all that. And I was just thinking I wonder if you know if there's a reason why you do different sort of messaging or anything around that. So Yeah, go. and I guess maybe one quick comment about that. I don't know I don't have any, you know, super tips about optimizing for mobile specifically, but I would say it makes sense to pay attention to those types of numbers. And, and, and just to know, is it working? Is it not working? Um, so for example, I've run ads before on, on, uh, Facebook where I paid for a lot of sidebar impressions on Facebook, but the sidebar impressions were not getting me results and I was paying too much for them. So yeah. I turned that off and I just did the news feed and then I got better results. So you definitely want to be kind of paying attention to the different aspects and making sure you're not, you know, losing money about a certain aspect. Another example would be um, on, on AdWords. Let's say you're advertising for a site that's not mobile optimized. Um, within the AdWords platform, you can see kind of your results by device. So you can see that, you know, um, you have this certain ad position on mobile devices and certain position on desktop. The cost per click is this. The click-through rate is that. Um, but then, you know, on, within Google Analytics, you can see how that traffic's performing based on devices. So if you're not converting on mobile, one thing you can do in um, AdWords is you can actually decrease um, your, your bids on mobile so that you don't show up as often. Um, hmm. Anyway, so, so that would be something where I, I haven't personally optimized and found, you know, some way to, to get better results with, with mobile. But I do think it's very important to pay attention to those differences and scale something back if it's not working. Right. Very good. I want to. I want to turn. Yeah. It, well, I was going to say, let's turn our attention to espionage because I want to. Um, I want to just ask Joe a few questions about that because I know we've been using it, um, maybe not as a, as effectively as we as we have, and maybe Joe can give us a few tips on some things that we may do to in, in, improve the way we use it, and maybe some other things that we just don't know that espionage does. So, um, so, so Joe, basically the way we're using it is, um, you know, once we log in, we'll put in a competitor's domain name 
usually, or, or a keyword or a couple of keywords, and that will give us a series of results for different things like PPC keywords that that particular domain might be using, um, or it'll give us a list of ads that they're running or different competitors that they've got. Um, the, the main part that I use it for is to find what keywords they are ranking well for, usually for not so much running ads against them, but it's more um, I'm using it for organic a long tail keyword so I can create pages like you were speaking about before creating blog posts or new topics on a website around those long tail keywords um, that's one of the main things I'm using it for um, is that is that the right way to use it or is that is that just a small fraction of what it can be used for um, actually that's that's something I haven't heard of it being used for there you go I'm very creative <laughs> <laughs> And, and I would just add that I think it's extremely smart. Um, so now you have me thinking about whether or not we should write a case study about that. Uh, a basket case study for me, you mean? <laughs> 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 um, so, okay. So then tell me then, what should I be doing then instead if I'm not doing that the correct way, you think? Well, no, no. I think I think that's, that's really smart. Um, I'm definitely going to look more into that. Um, and just to add to that, I've heard of people who advertise on um, um, AdWords and they find the phrases that convert and the phrases that drive traffic through their search terms report in AdWords. Mm -hmm. And then they'll write content, long tail content to target those specific phrases. Um, actually, there was one marketer who um, he works for in the, the law firm space. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, by doing that, kind of what you're doing but a little bit different – um, he was able to increase organic traffic 400 uh he 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 generated 400,000 organic visits in a single year in a space where if he was bidding on AdWords for those terms um he'd be paying you know maybe 25 to 50 dollars per click mm. um so anyway so i mean oh. what you're doing is to me i think it's kind of just a slight variation from that it sounds really smart yeah um the main way most people use it when it comes to keywords is they um, they look at an advertiser, they see which terms they're bidding on, and then um, one of the things that they'll do is maybe initially to create a campaign instead of starting from scratch, um, you could start with keywords that another advertiser is bidding on. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's say the vacation home company I mentioned before, um, you know, you could look at the keywords that Airbnb is bidding on. And uh, the last time I looked, they're bidding on something like 255,000 different keywords. Um, so you could look at those, but obviously that's not going to be targeted enough since the company is based in Anaheim. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe you put in, you know, you search in an Excel spreadsheet for Disneyland or you search for Anaheim and you can pull out the keywords that make sense for your business from the 255,000 keywords that a site like Airbnb is bidding on. Mm. Um, so... In, in that regard, um, the Icebanner's data becomes a shortcut for your keyword research where instead of starting your campaign from scratch, you're kind of finding the terms that other advertisers are already using. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another way that I was using it, um, and this is probably going back about six months or so ago, I was um, – we're doing some research for some local businesses and uh, we were looking at their the competitors' ads <laughs> and I was finding some of their ads which were – 
you know when you see ads that are just you just think why are they wasting money sending people to a page that you know like their homepage for instance you know it wasn't it wasn't a direct call to action where you know they're asking someone to buy something or sell something they're just sending it to a random blog post that wasn't even being retargeted um but you know, I saw some things like that and I'm thinking, wow, these people are prime for me just calling up and saying, you guys need some consulting because <laughs> you're wasting a heck of a lot of money on these ads. So I found it fascinating that I could see so many people running ads wrong just from your tool. I was able to find it from your tool. So I thought that was another interesting way of using um, espionage as well. Yeah, and I think we have a lot of people who use it that way. Um, mm-hmm. Either, either that direct way where you you know you can kind of qualify people and realize hey um, these guys they're spending you know ten thousand dollars a month but they're directing traffic to their homepage so there's a chance that they need somebody who can manage their campaigns and get better results for them mm-hmm. um, and, and something else that people will do is and I, I think this is awesome uh, it's very very helpful where you you're running an agency someone contacts you and, and wants you to run you know AdWords, an AdWords campaign for them, and in a matter of you know a minute, thirty minutes to an hour, you can research their past campaign, see mm-hmm. how they were converting their traffic, which keywords they're bidding on. Um, you can you know look at their competitors and get a feel for who they're up against and how competitive it's going to be, and then that data helps you to put a bid together. Mm-hmm. You know you'll know exactly kind of what what work is involved, but also it just helps to you know. Um, impress the client so that they they feel like you know enough about their space. Um, but the fact that you're using espionage data to do that means you're learning all of that much faster than if you had to compile spreadsheet upon spreadsheet of data mm. by yourself. Definitely, definitely. And one other one other way I found was interesting was I was surprised the amount of people that were hijacking other people's names. <laughs> so. Um. So you know, explain go, what you mean. Well, I would go through and I'd look. Let's say, let's say a client. Let's call it um, Bob's Pizza. Let's say um, Bob's Pizza was the client. I'd go and type in their name as the keyword, and I would find you know Mary's Pizza and all these other fast food places locally using the keyword Bob's Pizza as part of their ad, so that when somebody was typing in Bob's Pizza into Google, Mary's Pizza would pop up in the ads. So they were hijacking Bob's pizza without Bob Bob even knowing that that was happening. So uh, I found it fascinating that there was a lot of that sort of stuff going on too. I don't know if it still goes on, um, but it was interesting to see how clever and smart some people are or how cunning they are. <laughs> yeah, no. So, uh, go, go ahead. ahead. You, you first. Okay. Oh, I was just going to say um, – to me, it, it gets even more fascinating to, um, than that. And we built a new feature recently in Ispionage to hide it. Um, so a specific example, anybody listening, if they want to, they can type in uh, bigcommerce.com. And if you do that and then you click on the landing pages tab within Ispionage, which you can actually do for free um, just to test it out, um, one of the first pages that shows up for Big Commerce is uh, I'm looking at it right now. It says compare big commerce versus Shopify. Um, so not only are they the, the term they're bidding for, which we show in uh, Espionage, is Shopify review. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only are they are they hijacking Shopify's traffic, but they're even taking people to a page that you know compares big commerce to Shopify. And I would imagine you know you kind of figure out which data points make you look better than the competition, and and you highlight those. Yeah. Um, so I've seen that on more than one occasion where not only are they bidding on another brand's keywords, but they're also 
targeting the other brand on their landing page. Brilliant. So I have a question. If I were um, brand new to your tool, I have a website, I have some blogs going, and I'm launching, let's say, a brand new product, and I go to your tool, what, how, how could I use that in the quickest way possible to get the best results to promote my product launch? What would be the steps you'd give somebody? Sure. Um, is there anything else kind of um, more specific to make it the example okay, more Okay, so an actual product? Um, sure. Let's think of a product, Andrew. <laughs> Actually, what about – sorry. What yeah. about a, like a new yoga mat company? Yoga. I love it. Let's do yoga mats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, so let's say you have a new store and you're going to sell yoga mats that you're importing from China. You found some – you found an awesome supplier for yoga mats and you're going to start an e-commerce store. Um, so the first thing I would do is I would actually enter in a keyword for yoga mats and um, kind of start to get a feel for um, who the advertisers are in the yoga yoga mat space. Um, okay. And I'm going to be a little bit general here and just kind of talk about it high level. Um, but, you know, so you just can kind of look and see who the competitors are and that's going to help you in, in a couple of ways. One of them is you know who you're up against. So if you do decide to run an AdWords campaign, you know how much people are spending, you know who's spending money on it, who's bidding on which terms. Um, and then also you could find potential partnerships that way. So let's say, let's say you not only want to sell yoga mats on your own website, but you also you know you want to sell them through other retailers. So you might find some yoga mat websites you didn't even know existed and, and ask them, you know, would you like to carry my new brand of yoga mats? And so you can find some partners that way. Um, so that's at the very high level, just kind of learning more about the space, learning more about uh, the, the niche. Um, and then from there you can drill down and you can drill into particular advertisers. So obviously you might want to look at someone like Lululemon and mm-hmm. um, you drill in and see what keywords are they bidding on. You can download their entire keyword list and then you can sort through it and decide which terms actually make sense for your business and start with those terms. Um, I would also look at their ad copy and just kind of see what, what stands out, uh, what makes sense, and find some things to borrow and also find some ways to stand out. Um, and just kind of, but, you know, kind of learn about how people write ad copy and what you can do to both differentiate and also um, swipe you know, some good ad copywriting that people are already using. Um, and then the last thing is I would look at the, the competitors' websites and their landing pages. Um, I would see what their landing page conversion strategy is and to see if there's anything I can learn there that would help me with my pages. Um, you know, so maybe, for example, double-checking and, and you see that uh, they don't drop their traffic on their yoga mat traffic on their homepage. They drop it on their yoga mat category page. Um, so just you know, kind of kind of learning about the conversion strategy of different advertisers to see how you can – um, and step up your game a little bit. I don't know. I feel like those are kind of the top things, um, but I, I think there's also ways to drill in from there. I think that's perfect. I just want to, uh, as a big picture understanding of your tool and how amazing it is, you just summed it up. And you know what okay. else? While you were saying that, I was thinking, why not use it to do market research prior to even launching new product lines to see if there's already um, a big market for them? Sure. Pretty cool. Yeah. Andrew, anything else from you? No, I just love the fact that uh, you mentioned you know, looking at copy. Uh, we get so many people saying, oh, I don't know how to write an ad. don't know what, what I need to put on my ad. Um, the great thing about this tool is that it gives you all the ads, the exact copy that these people are already using. It tells you how much, how many days they've been 
running this ad. Now, if they've been running this ad for 500 plus days, you know, it's a, it's obviously paying off for them. Um, grab the copy, utilize it, copy it or model it, I should say. And, uh, and then, then you've, you have solved that problem of trying to work out how to write copy. So that's what I love about this tool. It's so much information here. It's, uh, it's just powerful, super powerful and awesome. So how much is it? Just so we can let everybody know, because they're probably listening and thinking, right, I really want to go in and check it out. How does it work to sign up? Sure. Um, so there is, um, or sorry, there, there are different packages. Um, the, the lowest package currently is $59 a month. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a month-to-month um, service you sign up for. You can cancel at any time. And we also have a 30-day money-back guarantee um, where as long as you don't download um, too many keywords, and we have a certain number of keywords we have to limit there. Anyway, as long as you don't download a ton of keywords, you can ask for your money back if you decide it's not a good fit or whatever, um, which just means it's a great way for people to kick the tires and see if it is a good fit for them. Um, and the only reason we limit the, the keyword downloads is we've had people sign up f- before, download 50,000 keywords, and then tell mm-hmm. us they didn't, they didn't get anything out of it. <laughs> and we're left scratching our heads wondering, well, you got at least 50,000 keywords out of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the, it starts at 59. The last time I checked, and I think we saw this going on, if you sign up for a free account, we actually have this special offer going on right now where um, you can get a 20% discount if you sign up within – um, it's either a 24-hour or 72-hour window. Um, so if anybody's listening and they do want to sign up and try it out for the 30-day trial period, um, click the Join for Free button at the top, sign up for a free account, and there should be a pop-up that um, offers a 20% discount. And um, so it's a way to get the price down a little bit more from 59 And then there's other packages. You know, So if you need more data, you can get one of the higher packages if needed. Cool. Awesome. So that's uh, Ispionage, I-S-P-I-O-N-A-G-E.com. Um, go and check it out. Hey, Joe, we have flown through. I can't believe the time has gone. Thank you so much for jumping on and uh, joining us today. We've got a lot of information out of today. I've got lots of notes here. I'm going to go and start uh, implementing and looking at how else I can make make my research a lot better. So really appreciate you jumping on today. Thank you. Sure. And thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. I had a really good time and look forward to staying in touch. Yay. And you guys, what we're going to do is we'll put a little bonus on our um, show notes. So we'll have the transcription available for you from this show you can, so you can download it and start to action these things. But also we'll pop a little bonus video on our page, um, uh, a little bit more about the platform itself and how we use it. So you can kind of see behind the scenes and fall in love with it as much as we have fallen in love with it. So as always, you can find that over at aybpodcast.com. And this is episode 110. So look for that. And we'll have all sorts of little goodies there in that post for you. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Heather. Thanks, you guys. Thank you both. Keep getting stuck with what steps to take online in your business? Follow our online marketing from A to Z learning track and get simple bite-sized steps so you don't get overwhelmed. Sign up now at digitaltrafficinstitute.com forward slash special. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelt securely fastened. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the Internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. 
These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.